if I like suck a lollipop the whole way through this? You want to suck a lollipop through the whole episode that we're recording? I'm just, like, but look at the size of this, right? Yeah. So it's quite big. Do you think it would really be? A... You'd hear that, wouldn't you? Well, there's only one way to find out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs. Here is my executive host, Chef Cormac. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love, brother. I'm feeling the peace and love at the minute. I'm not. Fucking sweltering, I know that. Fucking boiling. Do you know that there's a little place in Tyrone called Castle Derg and it hit 31.3 degrees today. That is the hottest temperature that has ever been recorded in the north of Ireland. <laughs> that, is, I, that, is, that is news. That is up-to-date news. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. I, I love how but Americans are going to be listening to this and we're talking like, what's 33 degrees in like American made-up temperatures? Fahrenheit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but 31 degrees, 31 degrees. That's for Tyrone people. Like that's, that's, that's apocalyptic weather. Oh, that's pretty much, yeah. I mean, 33, 32 degrees. So that's 30, about 31.3 degrees. 31, so it's just short of 88 degrees Fahrenheit. And that is intense, especially, like you say, for Tyrone. But, we, are uh, not, we are not built for that fucking heat. We're not, <laughs> we're not, our, like, I, like I was thinking about it today, right? I was walking around Belfast thinking to myself, I'm sweating, you know, like a priest in the playground. And there's people walking around Arizona who you know it's it's 32 degrees as normal and they just get on with their life and yeah. like if if i if i had to put up with weather like this like six months of the year i, I genuinely would just put a gun in my mouth and blow my brains out the, this is how privileged i am in life i realized it the other day sat in my office <laughs> and i'm looking around and people gradually start coming in for the morning and they realize the air conditioning had been turned on mm-hmm. but all the windows have to stay shut so it's sweltering in the space of about 40 minutes, it goes from polite morning, why isn't the aircon on, to literally Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> just We are not designed to be able to sustain a reasonable society in heat no, over 25 yeah. degrees. And the house I live in is like one of these old, it was built before the war, it's still got a fucking outhouse downstairs. And it is solid, it is solid brick, and it just absorbs every single one of those degrees and my god it's warm in this place at least you've got your little garage you can go to and hide well it's still warm in here i've got my heat my, my heater on, is on cold i know it's fucking <laughs> real weird thing that my heater's on cold um but our house because we're not attached to any other house the sun hits every every single window in our house so yeah. in the in the morning it gets ernie's room and then it sets basically just over behind the garage and it literally hits every single window. So our house is like a fucking oven uh, whenever it's hot. But funny enough, when it's cold, it's absolutely freezing. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Listen, we, we are in that part of the world where we complain if we're cold, we complain if we're warm, we complain if there's clouds, we complain if there's blue sky, we complain if it's snowing, we complain, we complain, we complain. So whatever, let's just fucking get on with it. 
I just realized that the other day I was complaining about it being a bit warm out. And then you like put on a documentary about somewhere in America that just gets, and this is its seven thousandth tornado this season. And you're like, ah, okay, <laughs> it's not all that bad, is it? You know, you turn over and like Germany's halfway underwater because some dam broke because of flooding. And you're just like, ah, it could be worse. Huh? It could yeah, be worse. Definitely. Definitely. Could be a Palestinian bus driver or something. You know what I mean? There's worse things to be living in than just a warm area. Uh, so we're going to talk some trailers. We're going to talk some news. We're going to talk about Loki, how it finished and where we think it's going. Uh, so spoilers for Loki coming up. And we're also going to be discussing Black Widow. It's been out now a while. Everybody should have seen it. And if not, it's definitely <laughs> spoiled for you. Um, so we're going to be talking Black Widow spoilers right from the start. But first, trailers. Um, I'd like, I sent you a trailer to watch and I never watched it myself. <laughs> I, I just thought, that looks good. I'll save that one for later. Let me remind Corm to watch it. And then it got to eight o'clock and I'm like, I never watched The Last Jewel. Um, tell us about The Last Jewel, Corm. Okay, so this is the trailer, right? Sell it to me. So, Sell so it to me. Matt Damon. It's Ridley Scott directed. Uh, Matt Damon and Adam Driver. Um, so apparently Matt Damon's wife has accused uh, another knight, her husband is Matt Damon, who's a knight. She's accused another knight of breaking into her abode or castle. Um, is Matt Damon playing a character who is stuck somewhere and needs a rescue mission to go and bring him back? No. Wow. Carry on. Okay. So she has accused Adam Driver of breaking into their home and molesting her or raping her or something like that there. So Basically, the whole just is Adam Driver going, no, I did not rape her in his 14th century, you know, French accent. Um, did did and, I rape with her? <laughs> yeah. Now, this brings on to another problem, right? So this is my issue with this trailer. And you know what? Ridley Scott, old-timey battles, you know, Matt Damon with some really fucking weird-looking facial hair. It's like, think of, there's no beard, there's no mustache, but it's just like this tuft of hair that comes out at the bottom. So he kind of looks like a pharaoh. Okay. Them things, them things. Yes, it's got one of these. Um, so it's my issue is this, right? Why don't they speak in French accents rather than English accents? Why is why if it's medieval Poland, medieval Germany, medieval France, medieval Holland, medieval Scandinavia? Why does everybody have to have even Lord of the Rings? Why does everybody have to have? English accents. Do you know? Do you want me to tell you why? Go because they're bad. I can tell you. No, no, no that's not. It. I can tell you what it is based on something I kind of remember reading a fair while ago. <laughs> it may have been right. Okay. <laughs> Americans can't tell accents as distinctly. For English spoken in a different accent can't make it out as well as an English person or a British person who can hear the accent. So we could watch it and go, all right, it's a person with a French accent. We can totally understand what they're saying. Americans, more more people than not, would need subtitles. Even as far as the Guy Ritchie stuff we spoke about, people didn't understand train spotting. They couldn't understand what was being said on screen. Now, yeah, a lot of it was colloquial, but it's about Americans and then you, the English accent, clear. That's why English guys can go over to America, put in an American accent and... Nobody can tell that it sounds absolute horrible. But when we listen to someone like um, even Jason Statham at the start of his career, when he's doing the New York accent and we're just yeah. listening to it cringing and Americans can't tell. And, it, and because the majority of films are sold to an American audience, it needs to be in an accent that they can understand. Well, 
Easily. Okay, there you go. Makes makes perfect sense. I still, have nothing to back that still, up, but it's still, yeah, it's still to the rest of the world. It, it just it, it to me, Matt Damon doing an English accent sounds as silly as what Matt Damon would be doing a French accent. Did you see the great? Was it the Great Wall that he was in, where he played that the white China, baby? Chinese movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had a really classy English accent in that as well. But so, would you go see it? Would you go yeah, spend? Wouldn't, but we'll watch it on the TV. <laughs> I'll do. Um, okay, what else have we got? Um, Snake Eyes, the new trailer for uh, G.I. Joe's Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. Story, the origin story that we saw pretty much all of in Rise of Cobra. Um, we, yeah. Are you excited the, for more? The, yeah. the, two, the two most interesting things about this trailer were things that were kind of like reviews that were kind of put up mid mid trailer one one of them said the best gi joe movie yet <laughs> not really saying much is it <laughs> i enjoyed the gi joe movies like but they're shit like they're absolute shit so saying it's the best gi joe movie is like Ugh. it's like saying do you like a shit sandwich uh shit pie or shit milkshake Oh yeah, shit, shit milkshake's probably the best, you know. But you was, know. I'm gonna name them, shame them. I, you know what, my how bad are my eyes? Well, I can't read my phone. <laughs> I, I wear glasses and everything, people, and I cannot see this name. It's, it's tiny on IMDb. Hang on, here we go. Nope, it's still not for me. Joel Deckelmeyer from Screen Rant, that internet powerhouse of a news. Deckelmeyer, Joe Deckelmeyer says it's the best. G.I. There was Joe another movie. one. There was another one as well. It's the best GI Joe movie, and I can't even remember what the other one was. Now you like the no, best. I can't even remember. It's, like it was, but it was just like it was. But sitting watching it, right, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, where is this popular? You know the way, like whenever like the 40th Transformer movie comes out, and like the Western Hemisphere is like. Why, why are we watching another Transformers movie? And then, like, in two years' time, you see that the 40th Transformer movie has made, like, $750 million worldwide. And you're like, who the fuck is actually going to see these movies? Like, where are these fucking movies popular? More from Joe Deckelmeyer of Screen Rant. The origin story we've been waiting for. That's what it was. The origin story we've been waiting for. Joel Deckelmeyer is getting some some coverage <laughs> in this trailer. Eh? I think Joel Deckelmeyer may also be a producer oh, oh, of Snake Eyes, a G.I. Joe story, origin story. I think he must have shares in it or something, or it's like his dad directed it. I honestly don't know. It's, it's got a third one. The well, origin are, they all, are they all from Joel Deckelmeyer? They're all from Joel Deckelmeyer of Screen Run. I'm impressed. It's not often. Was, it's he, like, was he the oh, only journalist allowed to watch it? <laughs> a wildly entertaining thrill ride. I bet you his review was shit as well. <laughs> oh, no, we've had, we've had someone from the Nerds of Colour. Genuinely, no, I wouldn't say these are, no offence to Screen Rant and the Nerds of Colour, but yeah, I'd be looking for something from, you know, Empire. It, it's, <laughs> like, it's like it comes back and going... Fucking deadly Cormac movie show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably carries as much weight as fucking Joel Deckelmeyer. It has great action, but it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> A whole new kind of action movie. Right, that's bold. It's not though. It's not that's, though. It's, it's, not not whole, it? it's not a whole new type of action movie. It's not. I'd be impressed if it was, but it's generally it's not. 
And I don't know who that was. That was from, from Nerds of Colour, but uh, yeah. It's we definitely know. Joel Dagelmeyer. That's we know. Joel, Dagelme- Joel Dagelmeyer also works with Nerds of Colour. He probably does. It's probably a pseudonym. Joel Dagelmeyer, we're on to you. Who was it? Who, was it Paul Ross that used to give really shite films amazing reviews because he had bets with people to see how many posters he could get yeah. on? Mm-hmm. And who Paul Ross, he was making fortunes off of it, wasn't he? Just by do you remember that? Do you remember that TV show Paul Ross used to host, where he never got paid if the contestant won? It won it like a thousand pound, and he bet it yeah. against. Yeah, <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's that, how but... Paul. That's how Paul Ross got on the TV in the fucking early two thousands. Yeah, if you're trying to don't know who Paul Ross is, um, think Gil from The Simpsons. That's what Paul Ross was doing around those times. Come on, well, not, e- not even that. He had a, a more. A, a more talented, funnier, uh, older brother, and then just because he he had a name called Ross, um, they a thought, you know what? But yeah, maybe maybe he's as funny as his brother, and he wasn't. No, nah, he wasn't. Very much wasn't. Um, okay, some news hot off the press. Uh, Antonio Banderas has joined uh, James Mangold's Indiana Jones Four, which we were discussing last week. Um, uh, basically, Steven Spielberg stepping aside, and we've got Harrison Ford back as Indy. We've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Boyd Holbrook, and now Antonio Banderas. Are you getting a little bit excited for this? Yeah. Listen, I I recently started watching that uh, Fleabag, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying it. You know, it's good? Actually, yeah, it's actually quite funny, and she's she's very very good. You know, she has that kind of quintessential ditzy English thing down to a T, but she has a fucking real filthy mouth, which is which is awesome. Um, and she really does come across really well. It's very funny, uh, articulate. Uh, you know, I'm really, really enjoying her. I remember seeing uh, a new story of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and it was one night when Fleabag was on in the West End, and there were like a power cut or something, or a fire alarm, and... Basically, Phoebe Waller-Bridge went out with trays of uh, drinks for everybody queuing up. Now, what what would you imagine your drinks would be? You know, what's the typical situation? West West End. Uh, West End. Tea, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Tins of gin and tonic, pre-mixed gin and tonic, a G and T while you're waiting for the West End to open. And I'm looking and I'm like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I find you irritatingly nice. And I, I hate myself for not liking the fact that you can be so nice and so quintessentially English and serve a G&T and chin up people. It's like, oh, I used to work with a, a woman like that. She's just so happy and so content all the time. She could look at some flowers and take a picture of it and go, look at these beautiful flowers. And I'm like, I hate myself for getting irritated by how nice you are. But that's, that's just because you're just getting older, Paul, and everything just annoys you in life. This happened 20 years ago. <laughs> That's just because you're old now and you're old then. And I, I, was born. I was born 42. Yeah. Don't remember the, oh, my angina. Yeah, that, oh, God. I, I, that was for you. That I created that character for you. That's you. Just the guy who's like having to walk somewhere and complains about his heart or something. Ah, oh, my feet. Ah, my arms. It's so hard. Genuinely, my arm was hurting. Genuinely, right. my arm was hurting. Yeah, yeah. That was a long walk. All right. I wasn't conditioned for it. Four miles um, to freedom. Who's the bad one? Mads Mikkelsen or Antonio Banderas? Antonio Banderas, I reckon, is going to be like uh, the Winston. John Reese Davis. No, the John Reese Davis from from Raiders. 
you know, like the yeah, the, I, th- I the crazy think, Spaniard he meets in a port somewhere and guides oh, him onto his next clue. Antonio could be a fucking really scary bad guy. Yeah, Mick, to be. Mickelson's in there. Mads Mickelson's. I know, I know, I know, but Antonio could be a re- Antonio's going to be the Ray Winston. You, you know what I know? What he's going to be the Ray Winston. Apparently, there's going to be flashbacks. Now, is there anybody who's in that cast where you think could be an older version of somebody who was in Raiders? Apparently Sean Connery. Been... Uh, yeah, he's gone. He's 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 not going to be in it. What about the Nazis? He's going to be the Nazis' dad. Who's going to? Be the... Oh, Mads. <gasps> the, na- the Nazi who gets his face melted. <gasps> yeah, that's his dad, and he's he pissed. Looks like him too. A little bit, doesn't it? Um, Kevin Smith's back. Yay. Returning to the trough that is <laughs> the payday <laughs> of clerks. Uh, no, I enjoy these. I love them. I love the you first gotta one. You've got to admire them. you got to admire Kevin Smith. Right? You re- you, like, I-, I quite enjoy Kevin Smith. I've read two, the two of his books. I've listened to a few of his, his podcasts. Of some of his comic book um, uh, things on Netflix. I've watched a few of them. But come on, let's 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 call a spade a spade. Kevin Smith hasn't made a good movie since Small Rats. Since Mall no Dogma. Dogma was good. Dogma, Dogma was... was Dogma wasn't good. It's Mall Rats. Uh, the last, the last you know, when was Dogma made? Ninety nine? Yeah. Ninety eight, ninety nine. That's that's coming up twenty two years. Like Clerks two won't that bad. Clerks 2 was it not was, that. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was well, we're getting Clerks 3. It was fucking horrible. I Listen, I, I want... Do you know what? I, I'll rephrase. I want this to be good because I want Kevin Smith to have a success. I want this to be successful for him because I do actually enjoy and I actually like the guy. But yeah, I, I can think, tell a story. Yeah. It can tell a story. I, I, think, I think maybe the, the budget's that he wants hasn't been there because you know he's had a few you know clangers and people don't really maybe trust him uh, with a big budget um, so why is he so he's, getting money then well i think it's because he's drawn from the well of mall rats from clerks and from dogma you know zach and mary make a porno was pretty shit cop out was awful yeah they weren't great you, you know they were not there's not, there's not been a lot you know what i mean there's not been a lot of good movies jane silent bob strike back you know, Jane Silent, the Jane Silent Bob movie. Um, you know, it's it's not been. You know, fuck me, he's, he's a millionaire. You know what I mean? The fuck, I, I, what am I, I to say that Kevin Smith hasn't been successful? You know, he's been successful in his own career, but all I'm saying is, he's he's had a very, very, very bad run of movies, and I I but don't I, I won't both. rush to the cinema to see it. Jason Mewes plays Jay. Mm-hmm. Were the films where he was Jay in them better when he was on drugs? Because when I see him now, it just seems like a guy who's doing it to earn some money. Every time I see him, it, it feels I, so. I think that Jay and Silent Bob obviously were better when they weren't the center of the movie. Yeah. You know, Jay and Silent Bob, I would, I would still watch the first Perks. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It has some of the best comedic lines you know of any movie of of the 90s you know even 2000s you know there's i don't think there's ever he, he hit gold dust with clerks 
you know, because it was around that time when people were, you know, Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino was making fucking movies for on a string budget. You know, there was a lot of independent cinema. There were come out Jim Jarmusch was making a lot of movies. You know, you had fucking what was that weirdo brown bunny guy called? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, so he was making like he was making you know low budget movies. So low budget <laughs> movies were it. You know, you look at you know Miramax were just throwing you know a couple of million at everybody. You know, and people were just making movies. And you know, Clerks came out. And still, I, I, it does make me laugh an awful lot. But Jane Silent Bob were far better in movies where they were, weren't the center of the attention. Yeah, the reboot was... Uh, I, I couldn't believe that's the same guy that made Clerks. Mm-hmm. Or even Clerks 2. You know, that his wit and his one-liners and his depth of... Uh, knowledge about films and fandom. Oh, yeah. Uh, to make re- that reboot, which it felt like it was sort of, it didn't expect to get the support for it and had to knock it together in a couple of weeks. It wasn't yeah. something that it made over time. There wasn't love and attention put into it. It was something else. And it, it was just rushed to be made because they suddenly had, you know, a little bit of a, 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 a traction going and it was, it was bad. For me, it was bad. Hey ho, we'll always have the first. And we're getting to Clerks 3, so uh, it's okay. Um, and we're getting to John Wick 4. Have you, seen, good, yeah. have you seen John Wick 1, 2, or 3? I've seen 1, 2, and 3, yeah. Did you expect to get a 4? When you went to I, 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 expect, I expect to get a 4, I expect to get a 5, I expect to get a 6, and I expect to get a 7. I thought 3 was going to be it. I really did, oh. going into it, I thought, yeah. You uh, look, so, like the, the one thing you can tell about a John Wick movie is everybody in that movie fucking loves being in their movies. They get they get the fuck around. They get the fucking beat people up. They you seen all the you know the, the gun training things that Keanu Reeves does. Yeah. Everybody like if you're telling me as an actor, right? <clears throat> Everybody's going, oh yeah, I want to do some Shakespeare where I get challenged and I want to do a show about a pedophile where, you know, he takes me in the, the you know, and down an alleyway and, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking everybody wants that. No, they don't. No, they don't. Everybody wants to get a costume on. Everybody want to, wants to do gun training. Everybody wants to shoot people. Everybody wants to be a bad guy. Everybody just wants to have fun doing what they do. And John Wick just oozes, this is fun. And you can see it in Keanu Reeves. He fucking loves doing these movies. Well, we're getting uh, Ian McShane's coming back. Uh-huh. He's fairly central as Winston. We've got Lance Reddick, Sharon coming back. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's Bowery King. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what's, Lance, uh, what's Reddick's movie, uh, character called? Sharon. 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 I was pronouncing it. Trying to pronounce, I was thinking, is it French? Sharon? I can't remember his fucking name be even being mentioned. I can't. I remember. Uh, I, I can't remember either. But he's I always just Lance him. Reddick to me. I, it's yeah. like it's one of those like, actors where he comes on, and it's like you know the guy who played Dennis Nedry, yes. in Jurassic Park. No idea mm-hmm. who he is, but every time he comes on, it's it's Dennis Nedry. It's Newman. Him. It's Newman. <laughs> I've, never, I've never watched Seinfeld. I watched. Ah, you're, the, you're wrong. I watched half the first episode of it, and um, let's just not go into this. You're wrong. So let's just not go into this. All right. It wasn't great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did nothing. We're over. Let's just stop. Let's just stop the conversation. I mean, Kramer, what what was he about? We've seen better. You watched you watched one episode. Season one of Seinfeld is generally no. shit. Is generally shit. Season See, from season oh, two. So I've got to watch a whole season. You know what? He's great. From the to, I tell you right now, the great the great thing about Seinfeld is you don't have to watch a full season. 
Well, I'm a completist. I have to watch it from the beginning. That's your problem. That's not Jerry well, Seinfeld's problem. He's well, not sitting in fucking in, in his mansion in New York going, oh, fuck. Paul's not, Paul's not no. getting past the first episode of fucking no, 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 no. Fuck you. First, he's produced <laughs> that. He's produced that for an audience, which includes me. Right? So I'm going to watch it how he intended. And if the first series, what is it, 22 episodes in a series? Is it back when TV used to be like tech ages to get to where they're going? Is 22 episodes I've got to sit and watch of what you, you have. I've got to you right now. You don't. No, I don't. Start, I'm not going to know watch anyone. Watch episode. I'm not going to know anyone. Well, you know who Kramer is? You know who Jerry is? Like, there you go. Let's start invited. from there. It'll be like I've been invited to a girlfriend's family's birthday party. You don't know anyone. Everyone's in on the joke except you. No one's, Everyone's got shared history. I've got to watch the first series. It's crap. You know what is good from the very beginning? King of Queens. Yeah? There's a good sitcom. There's a great sitcom. Better than your Seinfeld. King of Queens. Are you, yeah. You're genuinely sitting there trying to tell me the King of Queens is better than Seinfeld. <laughs> it, it is. All right. All right. Okay. Well, Golden Girls is better than fucking King of Queens. Prove me wrong. How, how am I supposed to prove you wrong? Because you can, exactly. Hold on. No I'll way to prove. Well, I probably could. You know, Emmys, you know, international <laughs> renowned. Probably viewing figures as well. I probably could, like the Bank balance of Kevin James against. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. No, do you know what though? Kevin James seems to be one of those people who just always seems to get work. And you know, for some reason, it always makes me irritable when you see people like you know Kevin James or you know what, what's that other guy's name from Deuce Bigelow? What's his name? Ray Ray, Ray Schneider. Ray Ray. Okay. I've forgotten him already. Uh, Schneider. Rob, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. No, I thought that was his dad. No, it's Roy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Roy, that's Roy Schneider. <laughs> I was mixing them all up together. Ray's probably his uncle. Yeah, but it annoys, annoys the shit out of me when I see these people like living in fucking 40 bedroom mansions and like the biggest thing they've been in is fucking Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I could be in Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Why aren't I living in a fucking 40 room mansion? Ah, oh, well, whatever. Did you like District 9? I really like District 9, yeah. I really want a District 10. And apparently Neil Blomkamp is writing one uh, at the moment. And he says its focus will very much be on American history. Um, so it's very possibly not going to be a direct sequel to District 9, which is a big disappointment. Big mm, disappointment, if that's yes, the case. Not have, that it's it, American history. The fact that yeah. it's not following on from the story. Even if that spaceship comes back and lands in America, that's fine. Let's talk about American history in a present-day setting. But if it's going to start looking at this, you know, the same concept of aliens from years ago, I'll, I'll be disappointed. I think it will have some kind of connection. But, you know, District 9, everything now with between, you know, racism and segregation and stuff is relevant, you know, what it touches in American society. So maybe, you know, it's just going to be um, obviously intertwining with that. And suppose he's probably living in America now. And let's be honest, Neil hasn't had a hit in a long time and he needs yeah. something, you know. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, Vickis, you know, makes some kind of... Uh, uh, you know, touchdown in it, but I can't see it. I'd, I would think it would very much work with your aliens coming back to Earth over deep South America and they start to enslave humans in District 10. It's a human enslavement camp. And then the, the parables, the same way apartheid had its parables in District 9 and it showed South African politics and history up um, from a different viewpoint. It can do that for America as well. You can shine that light on 
putting the humans as the enslaved and if you want to tell them stories but to have these aliens come at a totally different point i mean one of the other things is it was a, a very much a found footage film mm-hmm. until towards the end of it um and it was sort of built around this documentary style filmmaker i, I think filmmakers like that could do really well when the budget is kept low when you start giving them more and more money you start to lose that that spark that they had kevin smith start giving yeah. him more you lose that spark and the attention gets diverted elsewhere. Then Shyamalan, Alamalam, Alamalam. But there was, but the, again, even with District Nine, I mean, I don't know how much input that Peter Jackson had into District Nine. I know he produced it. Um, it probably took five percent to have his name on it. That's... Yeah, but but I think I, you know, I remember at the time, um, you know, Jackson really, really promoting District Nine. Like I remember interviews yeah. with him when when he was doing, you know, different movies of his own. And he was really, really, really promoting District 9. Um, so, you know, maybe a bit of that magic dust of Peter Jackson around then kind of springed into it as well. Okay, compare Peter Jackson being given a proportion of the takings of the film in exchange for promoting it as a producer. Compare that to modern-day Instagram influencer who promotes a film and gets paid for it. Peter Jackson, yeah, just that's the exact same concept, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh obvious. Well, that's what a producer does. Though, producer drums up the money and you know and gets investment into the movie and gets highlighted into the movie. So, I mean, it, it just I think it's a win-win if it's a good movie, which which District Nine was. Do you know what I want to do? I want to have an episode where we talk about all those other little jobs in this filmmaking that we always miss. Gaffer, best, 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 best boy. boy, best boy, mm-hmm. key grip. The only reason I know what a key grip is is because of Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> who's the key grip me punch that motherfucker in the face <laughs> sorry man <laughs> uh, so yeah we're getting district eight and a half nine point something I don't know we're getting it and it's going to be good um, shall we talk Loki then yeah let's it's not really happened did it <laughs> Um, the final episode was, was a bit of a letdown yeah, I don't you know. I, I thought, and listen, and again, I, I know I will say this. I it is it was better than One Division. It was better than uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So straight out the bat, I actually enjoyed it. Um, the first five episodes I thought were really really interesting. Um, you know the whole time place uh, thing I thought was quite was quite new. Uh, I really liked uh, Big Nose Wilson. I can't remember which one he is. Which one is he? Mm. Owen. 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 I, I really, Owen. really, in, yeah, I really enjoyed wow. Owen Wilson. I fucking loved. Uh, I think it was episode four uh, when they went to actually find you know the person at the end of the fucking rainbow, uh, and we got to see Richard E. Grant. Yeah, the best episode of Loki for me. Yeah, season uh, episode five, where they're meeting all the different Loki variants and stuff, and it was fun. It was very much fun. This this last episode, we were discussing last week what was going to happen with regards to who was in the castle, was it? Uh, we had Doctor Doom, we had King Loki at one point, we had all sorts of different. And one of the suggestions was Kang the Conqueror. Now, it kind of was, really, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah, the person was we know as... It was Kang the Conqueror, but he knows it is, it's this other version of... Well, it's this early version of him. And I think it was very clever to say that he's... He's the original Kang. 
and he's basically just wants to be killed to see his variant spring up and dominate. He knows what's going to happen because he's yeah. seen all the time. Well, well, it was kind of one. It was kind of an offer to them, you know, kill me and and watch this happen, or you know, kill me and become me. You yeah. know, so it was an offer to them. You know, you know, for I think it was one of those ones where he's been alive so long that he just you know can't be fucking yeah. arsed anymore, and it's just like you know, fuck this kind of shit. But um, I said, I said last week, I didn't, I really didn't want to be seeing the big bad just yet. It took us, yeah. like I say, four films just to get a glimpse of Thanos' face. And I think this is a very clever way of doing it. It's letting us know this bad guy is out there. But if you can't even get to the the timeline that he's living in, the the different multiverse that he's operating in, you're never going to be able to catch him. So you've got to be, it's, it's very interesting. And it's, but it's this, but, but is strange. This, yeah, but is this, is this going to be a Thanos type body or is this going to be like an intermediary body and you know are we going to get are we going to get a Galactus you know uh halfway through the 2.0 um whenever we discover that we can mend the timeline at some point well if you imagine um the amount of films that Marvel have got coming up and the potential to not only develop Kang, but also introduce these other big bad guys as well. I mean, Kang for me, it's like, if you imagine every film that you do across all the different multiverses, any timeline is going to have him as the big bad. It's always going to be a variation of him, but ultimately it's a bad guy. It's this dictator, whatever. Um, I liked, well, no, I was frustrated, but I liked Loki landing back in a different timeline because I think it showed us now that there are identical timelines out there with key differences. Um, people have also argued that it has sealed a plot hole or created a plot hole from Endgame. And there were always two options about Steve Rogers. So the ancient one said during Endgame, if you take away stone, it creates a, a a diversion of the timeline and it could create chaos. And that fit in with the Loki and the variants and the offshoots and the Nexus events. So she was saying you create an Nexus event by taking out the stone. You put the stone back, everything carries on as normal. And Steve Rogers went and put the stones back and stayed in 1940s. So did he create a variant? <coughs> was he a variant of himself by creating a new timeline, in which case he would have been pruned? Or did he actually live? And was Steve Rogers alive all the way through time, just keeping his head down and not changing any events? And grew old with Peggy. Well, technically, he did change events because you know that this is see this is the Terminator future timeline things that I can't understand because you know in order for Steve Rogers to go back to mend the timelines and then stay um, with and, and stay back there, it would mean that there are multiple alternate futures going forward because of all these people that Steve Rogers met throughout his life yeah. and all these people, you know, but that this he is, saved. And... But this is the argument. Him returning and staying in 1945 was part of the sacred timeline because yeah. he was never removed. And everything that we have watched has occurred with him growing old in Peggy Carter's house. She always said during the, the, t- the two-season TV show, she had a secret husband and nobody was going to find out who it was. What if it was Steve at home? Yeah, but see, so, I, see, I never watched the Peggy Carter TV show either. Like, so, I'm, but it, I am five. I'm five at five seasons. I the shield. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what did What did I tell you? Well, I'm not. I'm still enjoying it. Where have we got to? 
uh, Ghost Rider's going now. They're just into the robots, so that arc is just is just uh, finished yeah. up. Okay. So Let's we don't know who's who. We don't know who's who. Yeah. Oh. There's another 15 or so episodes for you to grind your way through. 45 ah, minutes ah, an episode. Ah, ah, ah. It also pisses all over S.H.I.E.L.D. as well because there's certain stuff. In fact, let's discuss that later. Now, Loki, um, season two, we've obviously got Wilson coming back. Um, we've got Judge uh, Renfield. She's gone off mm-hmm. to find out who she's gonna, who she needs to prune. Um, it, this very much sets up all the future. I mean, we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We've got Spider-Man with massive rumors of this multiverse. I think this is this is setting up many films. This yeah. isn't just a one division and a Falcon and Winter Soldier by just redressing, giving a new ex- a new character, a new costume. This is proper going for it and saying this has changed everything. Yeah, well, this this is introduced, you know, Nexus events. It's introduced a lot of things to do with timelines, you know, breaking away. It's introduced a new bad guy. Um, I was disappointed that you know there was no um, Doctor Strange. You know, amalgamation with mm. it again. Again, you know, we get for the we we both thought that three of the movies or three of the TV shows now we're going to introduce Doctor Strange because of the 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 multiverse aspect of each of the TV shows. Mm. Maybe not Winter Falcon, Winter Soldier, like, but definitely one division and uh, and Loki. As soon as they they started talking about variants, as soon as they started talking about timelines, you know, I'm starting to think right, they're they're going to subtly introduce something you know as you were saying weeks ago maybe maybe something to do with venom you know maybe you know maybe something to do with dr strange but you know once once again we don't get it well i said many moons ago we will come on we'll leave it without venom but i said many moons ago that venom was in i thought in a different timeline in another multi in in a different universe and this can set up um peter parker tom what's his face Tom Frenchy face, what's it called? Holland. Holland. Holland, French, French, but Tom Belgium. Tom Belgium can somehow get dragged through one multiverse into another. Big piff, piff, off, Sony's got a Spider-Man ready-made with, in a different universe that never has to cross back into the old one. It can never get back. So that's yeah. no way home, no way home. Bow, name of the new film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could do this for a job. You should, you should write this shit down. <laughs> it's going to end. It's gonna work. Spider-Man No Way Home is gonna end with him trapped in Venom's universe and can't get back after going through each other multiverse, seeing Garfield. It's gonna be like a Spider-Man road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So that's Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you know, I, I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Loki. I, I really enjoy Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Uh, I think he should die and come back more often. You know, this is you know I. He's done it a few I, times now. I can see I can see Loki reappearing in 2.0 um, more than I can see anyone else. Yeah, if he were going to get brought back, I mean, I like the idea of him being is now stuck in the TVA somewhere mm-hmm. and in this older multiverse. And when all this, it's going to build up obviously to a what they described at the beginning of Loki, a multiverse war, a war of the timelines. I mean, I'm really excited about seeing Kang because he's the type of guy that can cross between these timelines. It controls all the time. So there could be an excess event where a guy picks up, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet and clicks his fingers. Kang can just fuck off to the timeline where the guy didn't click his fingers and snatch the glove back. It's incredible yeah. the power he's got from what I've been reading. And I can't wait to see it. There's going to be one Avengers 
film probably taking on like a hundred Kangs like that one. In a world of video stores and late fees, when movies ain't what they used to be, one podcast will change the world. They will embark on a journey to look at the good and bad movies from the golden era of home video. And things are about to get nostalgic. The VHS will rise and screaming will fall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dave, this has got to be the worst promo I have ever heard. No, it isn't. If you're going down the route of the video trailer, man, Dave, I want a training montage. Coming soon on a podcast near you. If you listen to one podcast this week, then you're probably listening to Joe Rogan. But if you've exhausted all of the podcasts, then the VHS Strikes Back is one to try. Now, I don't know how you feel about Black Widow, do I? We haven't talked about it. You said you nope. were watching it the weekend. Um, I think you've got the general gist of how I feel. So, Cormac, Black Widow, yay or nay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvel brought out um, Marvel brought out Black Widow, the um, first solo outing, first all female led so- solo outing of Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson in the MCU. Uh, this is film twenty four. Four, twenty-five, yeah, three, twenty-four. Um, supposed to be released last year, blah blah blah, and now we are. So this follows um, Natasha Romanoff as she's on the run after the end of Marvel's, uh, excuse me, Captain America three, Civil War, which you still <laughs> insist is not a Captain, not a Captain, Captain America, America really. and uh, basically she's on the run and it leads her down a path where she uh, wants to um, bring down the Red Room that created her and other brainwashed assassins female assassins so where do we start uh, well this first, film is four years for, too late that's that's yeah, the well, first actually, thing i want to say first thing i was going to say as well why why didn't this movie come out in 1.0 of marvel i like i'm yeah. I, I, i'm baffled i'm baffled as as to why you know we've we've had to wait whatever four or five years for this movie it just seems it seems that they're trying to give it's kind of like an ode to Scarlett Johansson. You've done a great job for the last ten years, darling. Here's your own movie, and uh, yeah. to say goodbye, to say goodbye. That's a testimony. That's like a testimonial. It's a final yeah. paycheck. Yeah, uh, a football match. You know, you testimony, and it's it is absolutely too late. If this had followed hot on from the civil civil war ending, it for me it would have had a lot more punch. Mainly because if I'm watching a superhero, I want to know if they're in danger or not. That's the worry. Or or. Why didn't it come out before Civil War? Because and then all those wee things that they were dropping in about the Avengers not being friends yeah. and fucking going to break people out of jail and kind of be yeah. like, whoa, what the fuck is she talking about? What yeah. what what is she talking? And then you know, and then boom, trailer for Civil War, and you're like, <gasps> what so you fuck? want it as a so you want it as a flash forward? I thought I thought I thought that it would have been brilliant. That's the first thing. Yeah, it I would. kept thinking. I kept yeah. thinking to myself. Where would it have fit better in the timeline? I thought, right, well, obviously just after Civil War, before Infinity. And then I thought, no, just before Civil War. It should have been just before Civil War. Um, so she's supported by quite a, quite a decent enough cast. Uh, David Harbour plays Red Guardian, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about in a minute. Rachel 
Weiss? 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 Charon, Charon, Charon um, is playing her mum. Uh, Florence Malina. Pugh, yeah, her mum. Florence Pugh is her sister, but she's not, but she is. And she Yelena. is, is she? Yelena. 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 Um, Ray fucking Winston plays the cockiest fucking rush. Listen here, you fucking comic. I, 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 do want, I do want to just, you know what, we'll talk about Ray in a wee bit, but what the fuck was that accent about? Jesus, Ray. Jesus. Like, where, where are you listen from, Ray? Listen to me. In Russia, we talk like this, all right? <laughs> it's like fucking American. Up. I'm American, but I'm also <laughs> Russian and American. Yes, yeah. The British. We will do like, this what? for Mother Russia, all right, you slags. So Ray, yeah. Ray plays Drake. So, off, that's yeah. Ray. All right. So, you know how I feel, I feel about this film? But I, well, I know why you feel about this movie. And, like, as soon as I, I see. As soon as I seen the scene, right? When that scene happened, right? As soon as that scene happened, I was like, Paul, I know why Paul hates this because Paul's in the He-Man Woman Haters Club. In the what? The He-Man Woman Haters Club from the Little Rascals. Right. You have your okay. little clubhouse outside your house and you've got a pin to the door. No girls allowed. Right. Hang on. Okay. You know what? No. Genuinely, no, but this is going to sound really bad, okay? <laughs> this is going to come across really bad. I was I was whelmed. You know when you say you're, you feel overwhelmed by something or you're underwhelmed? I'm just whelmed. It did nothing for me. It, it introduced a fantastic replacement Black Widow in Florence Pugh's Yelena. Yes. That's, that's, she's fantastic. She's great in everything I've seen her in, even Midsummer. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, mm. <laughs> that's it. Now that's the review of Midsummer. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, and David Howe's fantastic. Now this, and it was the same for me. I feel the same watching this as Captain Marvel, and it's not because it is a female-led yes, film. Yes, it it's not. As soon as, it's right, not. I, I want don't what care. I want. What I want. I want to see your face whenever Ray Winston says that. There are the most disposable things on the planet. <laughs> see, Girl. I didn't even, Girl. I didn't even click. And I can just see your face going. <laughs> no, I didn't even remember hearing no. that line. No, I, do you know why? She, I where's Bree? Where's Bree? No. <laughs> Where is she? You know, I can just, I can picture your fucking mind working. No, listen to me. I was watching it, and the things that I hated, it, I didn't even hate it. I just was. It just did nothing for me. All I thought this was going to be was a pointless exercise in telling us a Black Widow story. And of course, it's a prequel. So we have to find out about Budapest. And we have to find out about family. And we have to find out about where she came from. And we have to find out how she got a certain jacket that she wore in the next film. And it's just prequel baiting. That's what I didn't like about it. I love Florence Pugh in it. And I'm excited about her coming into, yes. into it as that Black Widow replacement. I really am. And if you watch this film, you can think back to some some top Marvel films, the Winter Soldier, the the uh, Samuel uh, Nick Fury sort of under siege in the car and going down the high, highway, and the Winter Soldier walking under the truck for the first time. Those amazing action set pieces, Guardians of the Galaxy, that fight at the beginning, the, the second one, uh, the the ingenuity, the creativity. This, can you remember key action bits from this film? There was a bit in well, a prison. Yeah, and no, there was some well, where they dropped out of a plane that we saw in the trailer, and where where, where was will, the 
where I will say that they, they dropped the ball maybe a wee bit with this movie is this, right? I think at the start, maybe the first like 45 minutes, maybe hour, there were, it was a very like human movie. Like it was a very, it was very, it was about people. It was about family. I thought the first 15 minutes, you know, of the family being in Ohio, I fucking yes. loved that. I thought it was brilliant. You know, I thought, oh fuck, this is a new bit. You know, I, I, I never knew she was in America. I never knew she was part of, you know, an undercover fucking Soviet kind of thing within America. Um, you know, her and her sister. It, you know, the, the, the emotion of young Natasha knowing what was going to happen to the younger girl who is her sister, not her sister, 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 not her sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, you know, when they're, they're taken out of the back and, the, and she knows of the, of the play and she knows what's going to happen to this little girl when she goes back to Russia to the Red Room. You know, and, she, and, and, and I really, really enjoyed all that stuff. I thought that it would have served the movie better if maybe they'd have played it like a Bourne movie or a Bond movie. You know, just a wee bit more espionage. You know, yeah. just do, doing what Black Widow does best. That's what I was expecting when they were saying it's this espionage, this European globe trotting sort of spy adventure. I really did think we were going to be getting a Bond, a Bond. You know, a female Bond, a female Bond. Like I say, as much as you joke, I've got absolutely no qualms about the fact that she's female. <laughs> what I am bothered about is. Things like um, the fact that I can't remember any of the action set pieces, the fact that it was the tone was jarring at some points from comedic lines and one-liners to um, conversations about the removing of female reproductive organs. That that jarring different in pace was almost like the... Um, I, I haven't got the director's name written down. I feel awful for it. But the director was going for sort of, they had their idea of what it wanted. And then Marvel went in and went, well, we need to have a one-liner here. We need to have an action set piece here. And there was the core, and I'm really worried about um, Eternals as well, thinking that it, is it going to be one person's piece of film or is it going to be cut up and Marvelized because they need to sell T-shirts? Yeah, and... well, we, but we all know what Marvel do and that's what you sign up for. You know, half half the movie is going to be the director's vision, you know, and the next half of the movie is going to be Marvel set piece. And I think that that's what I was going to go into because the first hour seemed like a very human movie and we were getting, and mm. same as you, really, really fucking thought Florence Pugh nailed it. Like she yeah. fucking nailed it. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, David Arbour as well. You know, I was a bit disappointed that we maybe didn't get to see more of his character i thought they made mm-hmm. it done like a i don't know like a wee flashback maybe to like the, you know 80s when you know bit of propaganda russian propaganda that, the, that we've seen in yeah. the first avenger i thought that would have been interesting i thought with you know cold war shit like that i thought that would have been interesting um i thought florence P. nailed it but when it turned into a marvel movie that's when it actually started to go downhill for me you know yeah. they tried they tried to as you said that the, the set pieces winter soldier they tried to winter soldier it and yeah. you could probably you could probably see beat for beat the end of winter soldier in you know the black widow movie and it was a bit disappointing um i mean the- if you think if you think back through the story of this sorry to interrupt but you think again i'm going by what annoys me about the film and the fact that it's so formulaic it's marvel it's these solo outings that marvel always fail on and it is um another Hovercraft in the sky, but this one's Russian, not S.H.I.E.L.D. And it is the big bad guy, and they need to bring this down, and 
they manage to free all the women in the end and they just escape in time and she's gonna and it's like we've seen it all before there was nothing yeah. original about the story it, yeah. it wasn't i mean we, we learned about budapest now this again is something that annoyed me about the film enough to not care about it when i was watching it this is in little things like this are enough for me just to go now nah, i'm out of it now in the beginning credits in the credits somebody who we haven't seen up until now olga kuryenko was named in the credits we've not yeah. seen her in the trailers and straight away i'm pointing at the screen going that's taskmaster that's who taskmaster is i know who's under that visor now the thing you've sold me on through all these trailers i know who it is now because why would their name be there and then you've got to think okay olga kuryenko is about 30 years old so it's his daughter and you get it and you it's so simple and are they making films for kids now? Is it, you know, have I outgrown Marvel? Is this what they're doing? Is it because young kids will look at it and go, wow, I didn't know that. Well, amazing. And have I just, uh, have the 24 films been enough for me to go, right, it's, I need to go on to something more serious? I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't, I'll go Korean and go, right. I know who she is, obviously. I know fucking, I know her just from Bond. You know, I wouldn't yeah, have remembered yeah. her from, from things like, um, Hitman and stuff like that. There, I would I wouldn't really have remembered her from things like that. I do remember her from from Compton Solace. Um, the the one striking thing for me about the Taskmaster character is they keep talking about how they can mimic any she or they can mimic you know any mm. fighting style and all this stuff, and we just never got to see it. And it's kind of no. like you know, yes, we got to see the shield and we got to see the fucking Black Panther claws. Yeah, but there was, but there was no fighting style that w- that was being taken, you know, from you know the, the 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 Avengers superheroes, and I was a bit disappointed at the reveal as well because, yeah, the, the whole kind of uh, as a Drakov's daughter or whatever his name is, mm. I, I do like that thing. I was reading up a bit about it, and Loki mentions it in the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. which I never I never picked up on. When yeah, the uh, ledger read on your ledger. Yeah, when when Natasha's obviously talking to him when he's in yeah. uh, Hulk's thing, and like I never picked up on that, and I was like, oh fuck, that's that's something I never knew. Um, but would the movie have not been better if Taskmaster had been Rachel Vice? Oh yeah, do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It, like you know, we find out obviously, you know, halfway. This is obviously when the movie, I think, the cut where it goes from maybe a, a seven, eight out of ten to maybe a four. Five out of ten. From where they go on the, the where they go on the airship. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. when from when you know we find out that Rachel Vice is the one who created the serum uh, yeah. that immobilizes the girls and turns them into basically robots. Um, and then I thought to myself, oh, is she going to be Taskmaster? And then we realize that it's not, and she's working yeah. with Natasha, and it's kind of like, and then we get to see these wee you know day flashbacks, and it's kind of like. Well, that's kind of poor you know what's mm. yeah okay yeah i understand that but why are you showing me a flashback right yeah i get i get that you, you could you could you literally could have just done that without showing me that retro vice going yes and this is what i'm going to do da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. like i don't need to do that now we will change uh, our clothes and now we will yeah, do this yeah and it's just like there's a lot of happenstance in the movie as well you know the, the, the costumes um you know they just happen to be wearing costumes um when they are you know the thing is exploding and she happens just to, to find a parachute line on the ground and then jumps off and then you know goes through i thought it would have been would it not have been a better set piece if she had just jumped off went through the helicopter and picked up a parachute in from inside the helicopter and then went oh, on yeah. the other side you know, yeah, rather, rather than, than just grabbing one, rather, rather than finding one on the landing and then jumping and then going through the helicopter anyway, it's kind of like, well, why couldn't you? Have, I know this, I'm, I'm picking holes, like, yeah, I but you've made, you've, you've, I, 
you've immediately made that scene even better, even more yeah. cooler by having Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. Or even like... look down to see the parachute in their helicopter and jump there just to go and grab. You know what I mean? You can easily make them more cool. Yeah. And the moments like that you would remember. Moments yeah. like that you remember. But more, I don't remember <laughs> any moments in this. I remember that beginning 15 minutes that I thought was really good. It was really surprising to see Harbour with the serum in a minute when he was all right, so the super serum and he's already, you know, retired from Red Guardian. I thought that was really interesting. I thought the, the family dynamic was good. I enjoyed yeah. that. It, there was times when it felt Black Widow could have become a passenger in her own film. And they, they always managed to make her the center of it, which was good. I was gonna, I was gonna say that a wee bit as well because I yeah, find, I and you know, I, I like, I like the fact that when there's the scene at the table when they go to the the mother, not the mother, the, the mother's house, and mm-hmm. they're having dinner at the table where Florence Pugh and David Arbour and Rachel Weisz completely and utterly outact Scarlett Johansson all together, and literally they could have just stole the movie completely from yeah. her because that's one of the best things in the movie that I think the four actors played off each other so well like they all played off each other so well i really 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 hope to see david arbor uh again within this 2.0 like i'm really i really do get to see it here's one for you on multiple occasions in the film he mentions how he fought captain america in the 80s yeah now yeah if (laughs) captain america was in the ice at that time wasn't he yeah if he'd have gone back to 1945 and lived with Peggy, he could have been doing secret missions through the 80s and well, fought with Red. interesting? Instead of him being... Um, so you've immediately... We now know that Steve was... Went back in time, stayed with Peggy. His future or, self was frozen. And during that time, he was out on Earth. Nobody knew who he was. But he was doing secret missions for the government during the Cold War and fought with Red Guardian, David Harbour. Or that's another interesting one. He went obviously back in time. She perfected the Captain America program, mm-hmm. and they made multiple Captain Americas. Just well, they like, did, didn't they? There just, was the yeah, was just it, like was his just name like in... Hydra, just like Hydra did, just like Hydra yeah. did. So maybe David Arbor did fight Captain America, but it was Captain America number forty-three. Yeah, because yeah. Number forty-two Captain Americas had died previously. He fought a Captain America, not the Captain America. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I think that's interesting. But yeah, um, so where thought, would you, where would you put this? Um, it's not but, a Thor two. No, but it's it, 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 number one. It shouldn't have been in two point it, should, it, it shouldn't. Um, I, I don't let let's let's bare go bare bones this right. One division shouldn't have happened. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier shouldn't have happened. Loki, yes, should have happened because it's interesting, you know, the, mm-hmm. it, and it actually it actually works intertwining with the multiverse and Doctor Strange and, and all the stuff that's actually going to happen. Um, but Blackwood, the, the payoff, the, as I was talking, I was talking to Rachel, but I watched this by myself, and I was talking to Rachel about it, and she was like, "I oh, don't tell me anything about it." And I was like, "Rachel, I, I, I could tell you the whole movie because it doesn't it doesn't spoil anything. Mm. It, there's the only one. There's thing- nothing spoiled." There's nothing no, to there's spoil not, about this not, film. No, there's not. There's nothing in this movie that's going to spoil anything. I could tell. I could talk to everybody about the plot of it, and it's not going to spoil anything. The only thing is the the credit sequence. Like that's it. That 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 is yeah. That the post credit. Yeah. That, yeah it, this movie is literally set up for Florence Pugh to go into battle with um with Clint. That's it. Well, you've got yeah. She, so this is setting up. This is. I think this is introducing a new character and yeah. i think when 
they knew about the pandemic and all this. I think if they'd have had the option to make a Black Widow TV show, they would have done. But instead, yeah. they made a, a Black. This would have been a TV show. Yeah. Um, and it would have been quite a good one actually. But instead, yeah. it was uh, the made of they had to make a film because the they didn't realise what they had. But from now on, I think the films are going to be introducing the the new characters, the the bigger your bigger stars, you know, your Thors and people like that are going to be in the films, Doctor Strangers. But the TV shows are going to be a, just a ground for bedding new characters, and if they work, put them in films, and yeah. people are going to go crazy for them. So yeah, I won't put it. I won't put it in the bottom. You know, I'd put it. I know it sounds flipper, but top twenty, it, it really did nothing for me. I can think I, of a I, hell of a lot more Marvel films I would sit and watch first over this. I I wouldn't be as disparaging as yourself. I would probably say maybe it'd be a top fifteen. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those ones. It's 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 a give and take one. You know, you could literally watch it, and it's a throwaway movie. It's it's throwaway. It's in the wrong part of of the timeline. It's yeah. in the wrong. It's in the wrong. It's in the wrong sequence of events of Marvel. It's 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 just there. It's just a story that you know what they're probably tying up a couple of loose ends. You know, uh, you know, very very small minuscule loose ends, and I'm sure there's going to be something in the movie that'll hark back in 2.0. But you know. The main, the main crux of this movie is to introduce Florence Pugh, which yeah. I think, I think she fucking nailed, absolutely it's, nailed it. It's been sold as a Black Widow solo film, and they could have easily called it Black Widows. And yeah. and she was another, you know, the whole. I mean, look at the pre post credit scene sequence. But anyway, so yeah, I wouldn't look. It's not a bad film. That's what I'm saying. I it just, I was just not. I was just whelmed by it. I just, I just can, felt. Can I say? Can I say, can I say one other thing though? Yeah. CGI, CGI was ropey. That's a bit, wasn't it? It's a bit ropey. Like, I'm like, it, it's you know, even the whole end sequence of the thing in the sky blowing up, the red room blowing up and falling to the earth and stuff like it was like, it's a bit fucking. And then you know, you get bits of when Florence Pugh's kind of falling, it just it just looked real bad, and it was like, mm. it doesn't it just it doesn't look the quality as what they would have, and it just seems like. With the amount of time that this movie was in fucking, you know, post, you know, it was what delayed a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I think, I think maybe, you know, it could have looked a wee bit better. Yeah, yeah, it could have looked a wee bit better. Like, but that's yeah. a fucking minimal, that's a minimal fucking, you know, gripe that I have. Like, Hey, why don't you listen to the Never A Straight Answer podcast? It's a podcast that aims to cover a wide range of topics from conspiracy theories to popular culture and news. I'm your host, Gaz, and joined each week... It's my co-host, Mr. Taylor. Well, hey, we look at strange happenings that go on around your area and a little segment we like to call What's Fucked Up Where You're From. Plus, we cover the big topics like cryptids, the Mothman, poltergeist, secret Nazi space programs, UFOs, close encounters, glitches in the Matrix, flat earth, time travel, plus so much more. We even have the occasional guest. Also, we've got international news, global affairs, including space. Space and beyond. So why not check out the Never A Straight Answer podcast? We're available on all podcast platforms from iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Or you can visit the website at neverastraightanswer.co.uk. I've been Gaz. I've been Taylor. Peace. Out. Well, there we go. Uh, decidedly. Average for me, average Black Widow. It wasn't bad, it wasn't great. And slightly, slightly for me, slightly above average. Marvel set such a high bar now that yeah. you expect 
amazing, jaw-dropping every time. Uh, and I think sometimes they just uh, the sort of I think they pulled along by their own success. They actually tried with Loki to rein in the the teasing about the surprises after what happened with Paul Bettany and, and One Division. So anyway, okay, so we got what uh, what if starts in August. So there's some more heroin to your mouth. Then we've got Shang-Chi coming up in September, Eternals in November. I think Spider-Man in December? I and then Doctor, Str- Doctor, Str- Doctor Strange is March 25th. That's my birthday. We are going to be getting so much coming out. So, um, Okay, next week, as as the heat is drawing in, what I wanted to do, we've talked about a menu for next week. Now, it's the end of the world as we know it. I hear there's fucking locusts, Paul. I hear there's, there's locusts. What the fuck is going on? There's... There's locusts, there's heat, there's billionaires in space. Floods. Uh, there's, a, there's a plague, there's floods. Famine, plague. There's, there's no cheese on the shelves of Waitrose. Bastards! Mass purchasing of hummus has just wiped people out. That apparently there's going to be a kale shortage by next week in the Tewkesbury area. So we're going to be doing a menu on the end of the world. So do, can we have disasters or does it have to be world ending events well do you know what maybe th- maybe we could maybe try something a wee bit different maybe we could do uh, movies to watch before the apocalypse what like it's the night of the apocalypse it's the night of the apocalypse you've got three movies to watch what's right. your three what's the three movies that you watch the night of the okay. apocalypse I'll bring three for next week you bring three for next week so it's the last night of your life it's the apocalypse everyone's going to die you're going to stick three films on for you, for you mate to watch. Mm-hmm. What do we put on? Okay, right. So that's next week. We're going to porn, be... Uh... Porn, 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 porn. <laughs> <laughs> anal baggers one. Paul, have you, <laughs> if you've got anal baggers two and three in that bag, I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> As you quickly put away the DVD for Comslot 7. <laughs> uh, right, so next week uh, we're doing movies to watch the world into um, and then soon I don't know when because life's shit at the minute I don't know when but we are going to be doing a, a new we're going to try and do a new series of uh, episodes <laughs> but we're going to we're going to get real man we're going to get real real we're going to talk about real world real world real stories real experiences what we're calling it no 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 <laughs> well there might be some actually I don't know uh, what we're calling it again we're calling it Dark Desserts. Dark Desserts. It sounds a bit... What's your, favorite, like... what's your favorite dessert? Profiteroles? No. Black Forest Gatto. It's got to be Black Forest. Or a, a Viennetta. Viennetta. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you grew up in the 80s and you went to your mate's house, your mate's mum always used to whip the Viennetta out just to try and show how much more posh they were than Posh you were. as fuck. If, they had if you had Viennetta, if you went to Viennetta out, at any point, I mean the mint one that we're just going too far. But the, we only the, the, we only ever had an Arctic roll in our house. Oh, did what like an emergency Arctic roll in case you had guests? Arctic roll was Arctic roll was always in our freezer. It was a fucking you gotta love that with a little bit of jam and a little bit of the sponge and then the vanilla and the oh yeah, it's nice, nice Arctic roll. Anyway, so it's nothing to do with desserts. What we're going to do <laughs> is discussing um, major events, key stories from the history of film. So we were talking. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Fatty Arbuckle trial at one point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the making of The Exorcist and yep. the history behind that. Um, there's also Twilight, Twilight Zone movie. We want to discuss things that happened in the Twilight Zone. Twilight movie. Zone movie. Are we illegally allowed to say Robert Wagner? Can I what say the name Robert Wagner? What without me saying that he killed his wife with Christopher Walken on a boat? No, you're not allowed to say that. All I'm allowed to say is the word Robert, the name Robert Wagner. Is that allowed? Yeah, it's allowed. Okay, so that desserts. We're going to be discussing um, those. Uh, hidden stories from the past so keep an eye out for that one uh Cormac, tell us a little bit about the instagram account how is it getting on this week mm-hmm. you don't do anything with it do you i do i post stuff up but whenever we do an episode i post up that we've done the episode now i i did i did the musical one see get off my fucking back <laughs> follow Jesus. us on instagram at how did they find us movie corm yeah <laughs> Uh, find us on Twitter at Pod Movie Chef. Um, that's easier. That's easier. Why don't I do that bit? I can. I can like. I can say that bit. Could say what? I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> at Pod Movie Chef. At um, Pod Movie Chef. If um, if you want to donate to us, our bank account details are seven. <laughs> <laughs> Last three digits six nine zero. Oh. <laughs> I walk home from a southeastern direction, usually with wads of cash in my pocket. Um, yeah, so there we go. There's there's the episode done. Um, I am going to go and cool off. I'm going to go watch some Shield. I'm going to go watch some Shield. Why? Why are you doing it to yourself? Listen, I'm enjoying it. Leave me alone. Oh, silly, silly Cormac. Good night, everybody. Quick. The fuck was that? Quick, quick. (laughs) Sounded like a really angry sumo wrestler. (laughs) Quick.